7.15 Central Standard Time, 8.15 East Coast Time. It is a Wednesday live cast. <laughs> I told you I wouldn't do a ton of them, but there's reason for this one. So I'm excited you all are here. It's going to be a really good episode. This week we are talking with Deerfield Fabrication and Welding and also the Surf Fishing Hippie. If you haven't taken a look at them on all social media, they are everywhere. There's a lot of cool information out there on them. So a lot of good stuff's going to be talked about tonight. Uh, you know it's going to be a good long one. So like, share, subscribe, get this out there. We're going to get going. So you're listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. Here we go. time baby oh i am pumped i've been pumped up for this one for a while i haven't posted about it because i knew i'd get myself a little too worked up um but you guys know how i am with these lives you know me i love talking i can hear myself for hours and i'm okay with it but like i said this week's episode we are talking with deerfield fabrication and the surf fishing hippie wherever you are taking a look at this live feed by all means drop comments we will be interacting as we go i will see them um, I will answer them. Some of you will come up as Facebook user. I will not be able to see your name. It depends on where you are, uh, where you're watching it from. So if you're watching it from Finding Demo Surf Fishing page, I'll be able to see who you are and all those comments. If not, you might have to put your name here and there. I'm not sure, but either way, it's still going to be great. I I'll answer them as best I can, and uh, I'll kick it over to the team too as we go there. This week's episode is brought to you by Sword Fishing Products. Uh, I did a recent podcast with them. I always love love their stuff as i have it still sitting right here the newest short little blade super sharp loving this uh and it will shave hair off of your hand so good stuff right there uh loving it okay so a couple of comments before we go smitty thanks buddy good to see you blaine i'm glad you got that figured out tom how are you uh facebook users i'm not seeing who you are i think he's still upset with me i don't know who you are and i hope i'm not upset with you i don't know why i would be but uh hey whoever you else are on there again if you're not watching from finding demo surf fishing panhandle surf fishing or finding demo surf fishing on youtube uh if you're watching it through any of the other guy or any of the other shares that's cool um i'm happy i'm glad to see you i just can't see you foster hey real grills what are you doing chris what's up dude all right there we go. Three minutes of me just running my mouth. See? See how fast time goes? It's great. All right. Let's get this going. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Deerfield Fabrication and Welding and the Surf Fishing Hippie. Guys! Emo! What's happening? What's up, buddy? Dude, look at that garage. Nice. We're just going to take it. Everybody's <laughs> loving it, man. I mean, everybody... Everybody watching now is probably you know pulling the phone a little closer. What you got there? What you got there? Um, Same man. We have got so much to talk about in this picture. I know that, and that's going to go throughout the show. Yeah. Hey, before we even kick it, guys, great job on all the products. You've been doing a lot of lot of promoting, but also 
Um, all the comments that have come through, anybody that's got your stuff has had nothing but great things to say about it. So congratulations and great job. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Yeah, we have been working hard since January 1st. <laughs> I can see. <laughs> this is only a small picture of all the stuff you guys have been after. I know you guys have been really getting after it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So um, before I even get to the the comments or the questions here, I got to say, I, I saw the post earlier today, and I see a whole lot of gray wheels in that shop. Yes. We had a, uh, we had a very large FedEx truck come to the shop today, and uh, that was a very, very nice early early Christmas present for us. So we we're super excited about that, and uh, we've been waiting on it for a long time. Man. Not only have we been waiting on it a long time, but we've been working some deals and we found some good partners in the in the beach wheel industry and, and now we have two really good partners that I should say are, are just tremendous at helping us to get to where we are. Yeah. And surround yourself with successful people and you'll be successful, right? Absolutely. So before everyone tries to jump off this live cast and go order things, you need to wait to the end. Damn it. Yep. Don't go anywhere. Even though I just saw the count drop. Everybody's already like, I think I wheels. Yes. Uh, so everyone watching, we'll go a little slow here in case you all want to jump around. But you guys <laughs> did get an order of wheelies in. You do have some uh, that are available for sale. And you're also holding some back for your, re your soon-to-be cart builds and deliveries, correct? We currently have the brand Beach Wheel for sale on the website. Uh, I keep adding a few every other day when they ship out. Uh, the willies that we currently have, we are trying our best to reserve those for people that want to do full cart builds. Uh, we've had a very long list over the past, I don't know how many months, uh, a waiting list for carts. Um, so we do want to try to give those people first dibs that have been waiting um, and, uh, you know, so that's kind of the way we're going about it. You know, people that's been waiting, uh, we, we definitely want to give them the benefit of the doubt, give them a call, make sure that they're still good and want to get a cart. And, uh, you know, if they've already moved on, then we will, you know, bring that up to the next person in line. All right. Hey, it makes sense. You get uh, absolutely and completely makes sense. So you've got. The wheelies, and you've got the beach, what was it, beach wheels? Is that what it beach is? Beach wheels. Yeah, that's yep. right. And the two differences between them, from what I'm understanding, was the beach wheels are non-bearing, yes. but the uh, wheelies are bearing. Yes. So the, the wheelies that we have in stock right now, they are the 16-inch tires that everybody wants with bearings, one-inch axles. Uh, the beach wheel is a 16-inch tire. We do have some 12-inch tires. Uh, both okay. of those hubs run a bushing, so it is a dry bushing. Um, they do work very well, um, but really stands on its own. It, you know, there's there's really not another brand that can um, stand up to wheelies. Um, but in my and Nick's. Um, comparison between the two we think beach wheel is the next best thing to willies nice and there is a there is a good price difference between the two you know so uh it's all about what people 
you know, where they want to be, what they can afford at whatever time, you know? And it's not just looking at the product either. It's, we've been out testing it for probably the last three months or so we've had the wheels and we, before we ever even listed anything on the well, we went out there and beat these things to death. I mean, we were going yeah. through swamps and everything we could go through. So we got videos that will be posted, you know, as well. But yeah, we were all over the place. Wow, bringing up the wheels, and all of a sudden we're getting comments and questions like all of a sudden real quick. Um, so we'll do a couple of these, and then we're going to go into the show ones. Can beach wheel be serviced? Service, I would say the servicing on a beach wheel tire, um, it is a dry bushing. Uh, what I do when I build an axle for that, I spray it with dry graphite lube. They're easy to take on and off with just a winch pin. Um, and you can take that, you can take it off of the axle. Uh, some people do like to do some white sanding, you know, with maybe some 320 grit or higher sandpaper or, or even just scotch bright, uh, just to kind of clean that axle off and then respray it with some dry graphite. So that's about all you can really do. You can use uh, dry graphite powder, but it does kind of make a mess using that. So the dry graphite spray lube uh, works better uh, in that, you know, for the beach wheel. Now, as far as, uh, also as far as repair go, you can also, if you have a slit in the tire or something like that, you can break out the solder and iron, just like you do for a wheelie's tire, and you can uh, melt that rubber and put it right back together, as long as it's nothing that's crazy. You know, some pinholes or something like that from the sand sprays. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm not saying that I used a wood burner to fix a wheel, but uh, I've used a wood burner to fix a wheel. Anyway. <laughs> And if you have the experience, it, it'll get you through. I mean, it Absolutely. really does well if you, you just melt the rubber and, and push yeah. it over back into the hole. And then and if you don't up. have experience, find a <laughs> test piece of rubber somewhere before you put it on your wheel. You yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right. Oh, Amanda Sorrell jumped on. She says hello. Hi. Hey, wife. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into this stuff. Let's get into the fun parts before we get into the cards because everybody's chomping at the bit wanting the cards. And guess what? You're going to have to suffer, everybody, because I have questions. <laughs> yeah, and line. <laughs> yep. All right, so this goes for both of you. Answer how you wish. Uh, what got you into fishing, and what's your story that got you there? Uh, well, I started fishing uh, when I was very young. My dad got me into fishing, uh, mostly bass fishing when I was younger. Um, and uh, I... I pursued that dream very heavily with uh, tournament bass fishing. I traveled all over the country fishing national championships um, and so forth and so on for a very long period of time. And uh, I've always loved the beach. I've always loved surf fishing. Um, and uh, so it, it's it's been a part of me my whole life, you know. So I don't, you know, living without fishing, I I don't know what I'd do, to be honest with you. Now, as far as I go, it's basically a similar story. It was my father that got me into fishing. We moved from uh, Hickory, North Carolina to uh, Camp Lejeune. Uh, my dad got a job on base, and we were out there, and we'd go out there 
seemed like every weekend when he was off, we'd go out to the uh, beach at Camp Lejeune and we'd go surf fishing and, you know, doing all that stuff. Of course, at three years old, you didn't have a clue, but that, that's definitely what got me into it. Um, him and some old uh, marine buddies taking us out to old abandoned bridges and crabbing and, you know, just that experience. And um, me and my brother and my dad, we've been chasing that experience ever since. And, uh, you know, love it. Wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, as soon as you said Lejeune, I got brought back to dark, evil places in my mind. <laughs> Sorry. You may be getting a water memo or a water email. Oh, I get that email weekly. Oh, oh, you're going to die from the from the water in the lake. Now let us know if your yeah. health changes, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I haven't grown a third arm or, you know, any kind of crazy stuff. So I, maybe I missed that year of, uh, of bad, bad water. Yeah. Oh, man, that place. I've always wondered about the fishing, though. Um, you know, that's one of the few things that I really regret from my time in the Marine Corps is I didn't spend a lot of time fishing. I mean, every Marine base is amphibious, so it's always on the water. And, you know, I was at, what, Lejeune for a bit and then Pendleton for the rest of my career out of Cali. And I don't, I never surfished out there, not once. Oh, you know, that's, not, yeah, that's uh, uh, heartbreaking. There's some really good fishing. There's uh, Newburn and Surf City, and uh, there's some really nice places around there. Yeah. So, all right. So let's, let's talking about fishing. Um, let's keep that up and then we'll kind of bounce back here to these other ones. Uh, where do you like fishing? Not area specific. I don't want your honey hole, but where do you guys, where do you like going fishing? I'll give you a mix honey hole, but not mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Honestly, I mean, you know, we're North Carolina. Um, we fish a lot at Oak Island. Um, and, uh, you know, we love it out there. There's some great fishing, great red drum fishing. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff. It's a good flounder fishery. Um, uh, there's just so many different things that you can do. Um, I personally used to go out and do some kingfish tournaments, you know, on the boat, um, and stuff like that. I haven't done that in a while, but there's just so much. The North Carolina fishery is amazing. It really is. Um, and I uh, know you're a Florida boy, but you know, uh, you know, Florida, Florida is a wonderful fishery as well. I mean, um, but, uh, you know, it's just, that's what we're used to up here, you know, and well, we still got a lot to learn about the Florida uh, fishery for sure. But, uh, yeah. I think as far as the uh, North Carolina market, I think we've got that, uh, pretty well covered. Like Brian said, we got the flounder, we got the big massive bread drum that run through here, just like you guys do in Florida, um, the Spanish mackerel, king mackerel. Um, and you can catch all that from the beach here, which is nice. Um, you know, last year we caught all of that minus the king, but we also caught some trout as well. Um, and then an alligator will come and visit you on the beach every once in a while. So, you know, it just depends on what floats your boat. We got it. Not a fan of the water dinosaur. <laughs> There's only two fish that I really hate. Or, yeah, no, I'll go with two because I know my mom's watching and she'll say something. But gator, yeah, I'm not a fan of the uh, – I know the gator's not going to want to have anything to do with me, but still, the water dinosaur, yeah. no. And a barracuda. No. That's yeah. it. I've Sharks. never had any dealings with barracuda other than having some of my, maybe some wahoo bit in half or maybe that was shark or something, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, we've had a few run-ins with them, but never swimming or anything like that, so yeah. nothing too crazy. I probably need to catch one and just kill, you know, catch it, kill it, eat it, and I'll feel better and probably be over it real quick. 
maybe that's what I need to do. That'll take care of that problem. <laughs> my family's nemesis is the Portuguese man of war. Uh, my mom and their Ooh. family grew up in Hawaii. They had some horrible stories with those guys, but I know they're not fish, but they are. Ocean. Oh, man. Them, them tentacles, though, they get you. All right. Yeah, they'll get you for sure. They'll put you in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no peeing on that. No. <laughs> so you kind of nailed me there, but let's let's dig a little bit more into that. So what is fishing like in North Carolina and how do you, I, I, I'll save the next part for that. I'll, I'll move into that one next, but what is fishing like in North Carolina? As, as uh, far as, as fishing goes in North Carolina, the biggest thing is be prepared, know where you're going. Uh, the fishing is great. You know, just like I said, come prepared. I'm personally a live bait guy. I will fish with live bait, and um, uh, I've got a new um, thing in the drawer now. We're using some fish bites, which I've never really used before, um, and that's been really helpful uh, yeah. as far as going with the Pompano and doing the Florida fishing. But we actually brought some back here and uh, tried it in North Carolina, and we were killing the whiting and uh, even a few Pompano. So, um, you know, I think most fisheries are the same, uh, you know, but as far as that goes, people just do with what they're comfortable with. Brian and I seem to like the live bait. We go out there no matter where it is, and we'll catch our live bait. We'll go get our finger mullets, what we like to use the most, uh, little one-inch, two-inch finger mullet. And uh, like I said, we can catch all the species that we need. If you do come up from Florida, though, you can't expect some dirtier water than what Florida has to offer. <laughs> Wait, so, uh, it was pretty nasty when we were in Florida last time. Yeah, yeah you guys came down at quite the interesting time. I'm sure. I know Blaine's but watching. Yeah, this tournament. We know, just, was, we definitely, right. definitely a little nastier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's definitely some murkier, dirtier water. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I can relate to that with even my past of bass fishing, going from plain water to dirty to water to muddy water and all different kinds of water can get dumped. Don't let that deter you. They're there. That's where they live, you know? So they got to eat just like everything else. Yeah, they get the smell on the water, get it ready, and they, uh, they're going to come find it. That's one of the oh, cool yeah. parts about fishing. And I think I think every person I've talked to so far on the podcast has brought up a lot of very similar things. I mean, from Alabama, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, all, they've all talked about a lot of the, you know, the scent being the key, live bait being a great use. You know, it's just about knowing the other things, you know, rip currents, a little bit of structure here and there, where you're going to throw, what the weather's like, what the tide is, what the movement is. A, things that you know in North Carolina will work in Florida. Things you know in Florida will work in North Carolina. You know, it, it's going to work no matter where you go. It's just the fine tuning pieces. And there's a big tide difference too here. <laughs> yeah. So you know, Florida. I mean, we were surprised. It. I mean, it seemed to hardly ever even fluctuate much at all. And I mean, you will move every 15 back and, minutes. Yeah. I mean, every 15 <laughs> minutes, you're moving stakes back or you're moving them forward. Um, so you know, we do have a, you know a good rise and fall on our tide here. So you know, you will see that if you you know if you haven't ever fished here before. And I yeah, think we were experiencing like 10 feet in Florida. In North Carolina, we're probably more like 75 feet. Well, you can't judge you can't judge all of Florida by here. So well, we only get, we only get one tide a day. Yeah, yeah. we go to you know like when I fish Jacksonville with uh, you know Chip or Barry, uh, any of the guys over there when I'm down on that side, 
you know, I, I, they always remind me every time, like, remember, we have a tide. You know, they have to remind me because, you know, yeah. you got the two, you got the four, you're, you got six, six, six. It's just going to, it's just going to move. So you got to be ready for that. Whereas here, you know, people are like, what's the tide? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. moving, but it's, you know, we have one. one. Yeah, we it's found that out real quick because I kept asking that question. Everybody was like, yeah, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> again, let's look out for the graphs or whatever else came up across that day. You guys, like, again, you guys came down. It was very strange. You know, I, it, it wasn't typical weather, that was for sure. I mean, what you guys were here, it was real rough. Uh, uh, Matt Poole from Ninja Tackle had even said the same thing. He's like, you know, what is it? We we come down here, we bring our water with us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, you know, we'll make it work. But um, yeah, it, it was, and I think maybe three or four days after the tournament, it went right back to normal. Nice, nice one to two footers. I think it was the day we left. I mean, I think it was as we were pulling out of our house at 6.45 that morning, it was like perfect. I mean, it was just great. Like three footers, two, three footers, and uh -huh. 20, 40 feet or yards between each one. Just beautiful. It was perfect. But uh, hey, yeah, that's the way yeah. it always is. Yeah. But well, we caught some fish, so that was good. But when you come back down the next time, whenever that is, I'm sure we'll have a good, you know, I always, October, September, October is going to be glorious here. So we'll be um, there the first week in October. Nice. All right. I know we got another tournament coming up that Blaine will be talking about here soon, but we're not going to get into that yet. Yet. All right. So you guys know you're going to go fishing. How do you plan your fishing day? It's the same every time. I plan to go for the whole day every time I go. I load up everything. Bait, uh, food, drinks, umbrellas, chairs, rod holders, radio. And I think Brian's the same way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fishing day is like is kind of like we're, we're, we're pretty much camping out on the beach for the day. You know, uh, we're going to stay out there as long as we possibly can. Um, and... Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty diehard. <laughs> oh, yeah. If the fish are biting, we're staying. Um, as soon as yeah. the sun goes down, it don't matter. You ain't got to have lights. You just, you know, whatever you got to do to get by, we'll stay out there. <laughs> well, you, what you got to do when they're going. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of night fishing out here. I mean, granted, we unfortunately get the zombie fish, a.k.a. catfish. You know, but you put your little one-inch glow stick on the tip of the rod and you just sit back and watch and it's just a whole different adrenaline rush when that glow stick is bouncing in the wind. Oh, yes. yeah. oh yeah it's yeah. always fun when that glow stick disappears you're like whoa what happened uh, <laughs> yeah. okay so you plan it out that way um all right so when you get to the beach you know you're gonna fish what are you looking for to set up i'm looking for personally deep water as close as i can find it to the beach um, if it's low tide, I'm looking for where there's no breakers, any, anything that shows signs of deep water, uh, color changes as far as that goes, smoother water, uh, I'm looking for rip currents and, and that's where I like to set up. That's pretty much where we always set up. We'll walk down the beach, but you can usually find one within a hundred yards anywhere down here. Okay. Only one answer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Are you guys both the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the way I roll. So, <laughs> um, how is your gear set up to fish? Uh, and by that, I mean, well, I guess, yeah, how do you have it set? So, with that meaning, uh, do you do different distances? Do you have a different rod for a different set plan? Uh, what, what is it you do? We do. I mean, you know, I've got. I've got a pretty good variety of rods, uh, you know, 
whether it's 10 foot medium rods, 11 foot medium heavies, you know, I've got one over here in the corner, it's a 12 foot, and it is an absolute broomstick heavy. <laughs> I mean, that that's my big drum rod, yeah. you know. I Pretty much the only thing I throw on that is a drum rig and, you know, a six ounce weight and something big, you know. Eight and um, bait goes on yeah, that Yeah, eight, eight and bait. Imagine I mean, your eight and bait, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, yeah, I mean, we do, you know, like to have kind of rod specific stuff and then you got your in-betweener stuff you know uh that you can throw most anything on and um i think you're kind of set up pretty similar to that yeah i'm set up very similar to that i run mainly 11 and 12 foot i do have a couple 13 foot rods um like most guys i'll i'll have three to four rods depending on the current situation if i can keep keep them steady and not jumping over lines and stuff like that but i'll have you know, starting from the left, I'll have the shortest, and then to the right, I'll have it all the way out, and then I'll have them in the troughs or wherever I can find them. Um, but that's, you know, that's the way I go. So, um, I really don't use anything lower than 11 foot, uh, unless I'm fishing off a boat or a pier or something like that. Makes sense. So I've been, I've been warned uh, a couple times about fishing in North Carolina by a good friend, as, uh, and that brings up this question here. So... Braid, mono, what are you using? And I've been told if I come to North Carolina, I must take my braid off and move to mono. Which, okay. If, if you don't know what you're doing and you can't stay in your lane, you better take the braid off. Because, it, you know, one, one or two wraps around a, a, your neighbor, you, you don't test them off. So you've got 20 minutes of uh, untying and trying to figure out what's going on. But typically, realistically, I don't think anybody's going to give you crap either way you go. Um, I have a couple that have braid, and then I got a couple that have mono, and all of them have shock leaders. So, um, and I think that's the biggest thing right there, shock leaders. Use your shock leaders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I run mostly mono on all of mine. Uh, I, not that I don't like braid. I love braid. Um, but you will see, in my opinion, from going from Florida to North Carolina, you know, I see all the Florida guys, and they're spread out. You know, you'll see a lot of guys up here, and they may piss off, you know, a Florida guy because they'll squeeze right in between you. Oh, yeah. And and that's that's just the way it is up here, you know. Well, they don't mean anything bad by it, but, um, you know, people don't spread out as much up here. So. Yeah, we like our space. We're... Yeah, the way, you, the way typical posts I see in Florida is that you do get a lot of the, the kids will come up and they'll go swimming right next to the fishermen or they'll have – you know, three lines set up, and then they'll come between the second and third to go play. Um, instead of that, we take all of our rod holders and squeeze them all together so there's only like five feet between each rod holder. But then they'll be like, I'll be setting up here, and I'll have like a 10-foot space, and then there'll be like a 10-foot space between Brian and I. And then there'll be his rods over there, and my brother will be to the right. And generally, people will respect the space in between. But... Um, you know, every once in a while you'll get a knucklehead, but we fish a lot closer, um, and that's why they and that's why a lot of people say, you know, don't bring braid here because you'll cross yourself up and everybody else. But yeah. you know, as long as you know what you're doing and you know what the current is and you know what's holding and sticking, then you know you really don't have to worry about what anybody says. Just do it now. Okay. So, what gear do you use to fish? And by gear, I mean, are you using conventional or spinning reels? Uh, what kind of rigs do you like to use? 
and um, how do you have that set up or in sinkers? What do you like to use out there? I've got a pretty decent variety um, of what I use, whether it's rod brand, reel brand. Um, I'm a pin guy. I like pin reels. Okay. Um, I like Dawa too. I'm jealous of one that he's got. It's like unbelievable, you know. One day I'm just going to steal it out of the back of his truck when he's not looking and be like, man, I don't know what happened to it, you know. Um, but, you know, rods, I mean, I like the St. Croix. Uh, my favorite one right here. Mott's that I have. You actually held that rod from Mott's Custom. Mott's. So oh, I absolutely rod. love that rod. It's the Cannon rod. It's an 11-footer. Um, and it absolutely slings stuff out there. Um so that is one of my favorites, um, and uh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. It's uh, I have uh, Carolina Cash Pro, which is uh, by Tommy Farmer. He's uh, the he's the world record distance caster or something like that. Dude's amazing. He built some great poles. I've got four of those, three that are 11 foot and a 12 footer. Or I mean, sorry, three that are thirteen footers and uh, twelve footer, and then I have Saint Croix Mojo Surf, and I'm running about four of those right now. And then yeah, I run the Daiwa, uh, the MQ, the new one that came out last year at the uh, um, iCast, and uh, those are some great reels. And then traditionally, I'm a diehard pin guy. I fished pin my whole life. Um, after I finally had enough money, like at sixteen, to buy my own. I, uh, that's what I went with, and I always did, did the black and gold, as they called them back then. And as, as they progressed, now we have the live liners and all that. Um, what's the new one that we have right now? It's a spin fisher. Um, it's a pretty good one. So, uh, you know, that's what we like to stick with. So I've been told about sinkers, a big difference with North Carolina. Um, what do you guys like? Oh, I do have a question here. Let me get that one first before I ask my question. What not? Hold up here. What knots are the Deerfield boys using for shock leader to braid? Actually, you would have to ask Mott Singer that because he's the one that ties all my stuff for me. <laughs> you have Mott's tying your – you cheater. Yeah, that's right. Hey, when you got somebody that's a professional that does what they do for a living, you know, and he's like five minutes down the road instead of like breaking down all my reels and doing that, I'm like, hey, Mott's, I got a, a bag I'm going to drop off on your door on Friday. And he's like, all right, I'll have it for you next Friday. So, I, yeah. I, I personally, I actually, I don't know that I ever tie the same knot. I mean, I'll tie some uni knots. I could lie and say the um, FG knot or whatever you wanted to I've hear. I've done the FG knot. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I kind of go back and forth on what I do. And I, I really have no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, and I very rarely had any shock leaders break, you know. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it is difficult to get some of those knots to, you know, go. I mean, I'm usually running, you know, 20-pound Monroe to 50-pound, uh, um, you know, mono shock leader. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it can be difficult to get all that to cinch up nicely, you know. And to get um, through your eyelids, too, if you're, if you're not yeah. making something pretty, so, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm have to message. Well, Mott's is getting one of my reels this year anyway for service. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to send my stuff to Mott's because he's got beautiful gear and he does a hell of a job. So, uh, and he really does. He'll take it down. He'll put it in the jewelry cleaner, and he'll—I mean, he'll really like—I mean, vibrate anything off of that, and it'll be brand spanking new when you get it. I mean, yeah. 
I mean, you oh. can or you could just get it back to original condition. It's, it's pretty sweet. Though. I will say this. One of my favorite new knots that I learned about, and I'm sure it's probably old knot, but it was new to me, is uh, it's called the 100-pound knot. Have you ever heard of that one? Nope. So I actually saw a YouTube video about it, and I was like, let me try to tie that. And it is probably one of the easiest knots. I'm not going to sit here and explain it. If y'all want to look it up, it's called the 100-pound knot. And uh, it's basic. it is so simple. You run your line, and it's great for swivels on heavy line, like 50-pound or above. Uh, you know, the drum rigs that we tie, we'll do a snell knot on the circle hook and, uh, and then go to a swivel um, on 80-pound mono. So, you know, tying that big line like that, it is the absolute perfect knot for it. But it's just as simple as two loops through the eyelet, and then you cross back through. But, you know, check it out. There's a YouTube yeah. video about it. I don't know who did it, but uh, you can find it on there. And uh, it's a great knot, for, uh, especially for swivels. Yeah. Well, on that note, I am a little late in this, but it is bait check time. It has been 32 minutes. I apologize. I am seven minutes late, and I don't have my sound effects because I didn't do it yet, and I failed you. But welcome to another bait check, ladies and gentlemen. Brave if you're listening to this, which obviously isn't now. You probably, If you're at the beach watching this, you're awesome, and I love you. I want you to know that. But if you're listening to this podcast later on, it is your bait check time. This bait check has been brought to you by The Sinker Guy. Go to thesinkerguy.com. Pick out all of your sinker needs, also terminal tackle, and much more. Go over to sinkerguy.com and take a look at all that gear. Now, backing into the fishing, and I wasn't that perfect segue into sinkers. So I've been hearing different ones with North Carolina. A lot of people tell me, no, we don't use Sputniks. Some people do use Sputniks. Uh, I've heard, I think Barry told me frog tongues are one of the preferred um, storm sinkers or your Hatteras sinkers. What do you guys like to use out there? We use a variety for sure. Um, I've always been, you know, I mean, I've used basic pyramid, the frog tongue lots of different you know shapes up here uh honestly i can honestly say before i came to florida i never used the sinker guy sinkers you know the sputniks and uh i am a huge huge fan of those now um i don't leave home without them i use them here in north carolina uh i can honestly say um i try to i do try to steer clear of using them with uh, drum rigs, just because it's a very short rig. Um, but, you know, I, man, I love it, the way they stick. Um, but you will see a lot of guys up here that uh, that don't use them. It's it's not a, as popular of, you know, weight as it is in Florida. Yeah, I think when I was talking to Chip about it, he said, yeah, the frog tongue, he, he started carrying it down there, and he said it wasn't popular. But I'm... I'm a little different, Brian, when it comes to this, is that's all I use is a frog tongue. Uh, I love it. It slings through the air just beautifully like an arrow. There's no drag. And, you know, I just like the way it looks, maybe. I don't know. But it's uh, it's always held really good, I can say, until I got to Florida. And then, like, nothing would hold. I had some freaking sevens and eights out there that I'd never used before that have been in my tackle box for 10 years, dude. And I rolled out there, and those things were bouncing down the beach like it was like it, somebody was pushing it down the road. And I was like, "Holy cow!" So we went and got some sinker guy uh, Sputniks, and and I I blew my mind that a four ounce sinker Sputnik would stick and hold. But uh, we 
it took us, a, it took, it was a little learning curve, but we figured it out within a couple hours, and, you know, I think we were out there, and Brad, Beard and Brad was like, what the crap are you doing? So they're trying to break the, the, the sinker loose from the sand. We're like, oh my God, we got a pipe, and we can't get the sinker out of the sand. <laughs> so, because, uh, you know, it was all brand new to us, but, you know, we yeah. figured it out and moved on, but uh, got a few laughs, but. And now, like you said, now I keep frog tongues and I keep sinker guys. That's yep. it. That's all I got in my toolbox. I don't carry nothing else. All right. So let's get into the part. Our last last fishing question, and then we're going to get into the good stuff. I know you guys are chomping at the bit to talk about. What has been your favorite fish to catch, and what is your most memorable catch? Red drum by far. Um, I love a good red drum fight. And that's also my most memorable catch. Uh, when I was like 15 years old, I was on the beach at Oak Island, um, right before or right after a big storm and the clouds were real dark and uh, it was uh, what people say, they're called drummy waters and the waves are kind of big and the water's dark and murky. And I caught a 42 inch red drum out there on the beach one day, like 15, 16 years old. And it took me like 30 minutes. It took me from the beach house all the way down to the point, which is like a half mile or something like that. I was using a stupid old ugly stick rod that was just beautiful. I mean, I had that thing forever, and it caught tons of fish for me, and I loved it till it broke. And um, But that thing reeled in that fish for me, and I got it up to the beach, and I didn't even know what kind of fish it was. I ain't going to be honest. And uh, I got that thing up on the beach, and I'm holding it, and it's like going across my whole body, and this lady comes up screaming at me, you got to throw that back, you got to throw it back, and another lady comes up, she goes, I'll take a picture, don't throw it back yet, so <laughs> threw it back in the water, next day she comes up to the beach house where I told her I was staying, she goes, you're going to kill me, but I didn't have any film in that camera. <gasps> No. Uh, but yeah, that was my favorite, and uh, by far I've been, uh, I've caught some other big ones that size, but I'm always in search of that, that big red drum. It's back in there, though. That's the most important part. It's in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right there on the beach, and the bad thing was, is we go to the beach with like 20 people every year, and that was like the one time in my whole life that I was out there by myself, like nobody was out there. And they all do. I mean, the people came, and they're like, oh, yeah, he called it, but yeah, they're like, sorry. You know, we don't have any evidence because they wanted to put it in paper, all kinds of stuff. And I was like, yep, dang. <laughs> yep, yep. What about you? Uh, I mean, favorite is a drum, <laughs> but uh, no 42 incher for me. I haven't got, I haven't reached that milestone yet. So uh, I'm still waiting on the day, but man, I just, so I, I, I love to fight. Um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a great feeling, man. I mean, um, but yeah, we love it. I mean, I, I love all different kinds of fishing. I love flounder fishing. I love it all. Um, I, you know, I know his favorite is, you know, fishing for them reds, but, um, you know, I, I kind of like it all. I don't have a particular uh, one that's like, man, that's all I care about. I mean, I can, I can go for whatever, you know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think a lot of any all the other anglers watching this like yep feel you yep. Yep. all right i lied to you i do have one more um how is fishing because you fish both now and we've talked a little bit about it but what is the most memorable thing that sticks out in the fishing differences between north carolina and down here in the panhandle of florida when you came down for the tournament the biggest difference would i'd say just be the scenery honestly um, we're fishing for the same type of fish uh 
that's obviously a, you, typically a lot cleaner down in Florida. I'd say it was pretty pretty crazy then, but I see I, I look at post every day, so I know what it's typically like down there. I lived in uh, Panama City for a few years, so I know that that's not typical. But yeah, as far as I'd say the biggest differences in the you know with the two would just be that would just be you know the surroundings um, and. Good God, man, wear some sunblock in Florida. Because oh, if you yeah. come from North Carolina to Florida, <laughs> you are much closer to the sun. And Brian and my brother and myself yeah, had a little me. little minor incident when we were there with the sun and the yeah, toes. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you don't want burnt piggies, you know, yeah. I, I, I that's the biggest difference. Yeah. <laughs> I got a very, very good welcome to Florida on the first yeah. day I was there. So. I learned my lesson for sure. I, have, I haven't seen uh, fried feet like that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Uh, Pemberton had some. Uh, yeah. They were pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, but good. Him and uh, him, James and my brother, I think they were pretty good. But, yeah. you know, like I said, I, I got it pretty bad, too. I just, luckily, I had put on sunscreen like three times that day, but it still didn't really, really help. I get that completely. All right, let's see and talk about the carts. Here we go. This is the part everybody's been crazy. So the first question before we see the carts, what got you into welding? What got me into welding? So my whole background is in the racing industry. Um, I started a long time ago at Bill Davis Racing, and it changed names a few times and this and that. And um, But I started there actually as a mechanic and uh, didn't know a thing about welding not the single thing. I never went to school for it. Um, and, uh, and to be honest with you, like, you know, I saw these guys welding. I'm like, man, I want to learn that, you know? I mean, I was just drawn to it, you know? And, um, I was in a very fortunate situation where I worked there. Uh, great boss, great people to work around. And, uh, we, uh, we honestly, we had one guy there. His name was Robert Barrier. Um, and uh, he took me under his wing when it came to TIG welding and uh, pretty much taught me about everything that he knew. Um, and, uh, you know, I worked with him for about six to eight months. And I was, I was a young buck, you know. I was back there after hours, you know, burning up scrap metal, this and that. I want to learn. I want to be an absolute professional at this. And uh, one day my boss walked back there out of the blue, didn't even know I was there. And he's like, did you just do that? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And then he walked away. And then like a couple weeks later, he saw some more stuff. And he walked back there again one day and he's like, you want to do this full time? And I'm like, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they were like, boom, there you go. Uh, full time welder now. And, um, you know, but uh, I can honestly say if it wasn't for Robert taking me under his wing and, you know, teaching me the do's and the don'ts and all the rights and the wrongs. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just welding. It's not just gluing pieces together. It's it's all in the prep work. You know, if you don't prep your parts, grind them, you know, uh, wipe them down with, you know, either lacquer thinner or acetone, depending on what you're welding. Um you know, and and knowing all the stuff, man. There's so many different settings, tungsten you can use, filler rods you can use. It's insane. There's a it can go on for hours. 
Yeah, we could do a whole nother show. It'll probably be like a six-hour live. And that's just well. That. That's just one hour. And, uh, well. You know, we'll turn the camera around and we'll we'll point it at the welders and we'll just go through that one day. But yeah, there's a ton to it. Um, you know, I consider myself a self-taught welder just because I never went to actual school for it. Um, but you know, I was in racing for 18 years. I finished my career at Hendrick Motorsports. Um, I did a lot of different stuff in my racing career. Mostly, um, I'd say the majority of my career, I did suspension components, lower control arms, rear end housings, all the technical stuff that had to be perfect. And, um, and then at the last part of my job at Hendrick, we, were, we had a military program. So we were actually TIG welding military vehicles together. Um, and uh, I did that for about um, getting close to two years before I left and went out on my own. So um, I've seen a lot of different things and, you know, it wasn't just racing. You know, we did a lot of different other projects. Um, but uh, it, it was it was really a great time. But in the back of my mind, I always had that dream of, you know, being an entrepreneur and, um, you know, and, and I wanted to do something with fishing because it was my passion, you know. Yeah. Ever since day one, you should see what our fourth car coming out is going to look like with all of his tank building skills. Oh, yeah. Struts, <laughs> swing arms, whatever. We got it coming. Holy crap. All right. Well, in that and case, I, it all, so. I mean, that's that, let, let's get into the segue. Okay, so don't any of you jump off of this live cast when this stuff comes up. After the show, you can get off and go. There's over. always plenty of time afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> the deals don't happen until after the show's over. There you go. Yeah, they're not going to start working on it right now. All right, so <laughs> let's talk about the cards. So there are. Let's get into the fun stuff. There are two new carts that are on the website. Is that a correct? That is, that is correct. They went, they, they went live right before we went live. So they are active for sale on the website right now. Uh, I will go ahead and say this to everybody. We are still working on that listing. We're going to constantly update that listing and make it better. We constantly do that with everything on the website. Yeah. We want it to be as user-friendly as possible uh, from every aspect of, you know, your entire experience when you go to our website. So the carts right now on the website, um, we've got both models behind us right now. We've got our base custom cart and our full custom cart. So this is the full custom over here. You see that with the uh, lift kit. Uh, it's got the storage handle on it. And we have the base model cart. You can start with a base model cart with two tires. You can get that with, it's listed for 16 inch beach wheels. You can contact us. We can do 12 inch if you want. You know, we want everybody to be able to start where they want, but. Or where they uh, can afford. You know, you know, not everybody has the same budget in mind, so we're trying to keep that in mind. But there's, uh, there's a lot of things that we will add to the website. There is a list of additional upgrades on, the, on both of those listings that you can do. You can upgrade to Willie's tires. You can upgrade to the storage handle. You can upgrade uh, and, you know, do a flagpole. You can do a lot of different stuff on there. It's just, it's not active for you to act, actively select those items yet. 
but it is in the description if you want that. Just, uh, you know, all you got to do is send me a message, uh, email, whatever. You can message me directly through the website, and uh, I can go over what you want and build a custom cart just for you with whatever items that you want. And when you do it that way, um, like these carts, for example, that's not a bolt-on lift kit. That is a weld-on lift kit. It is welded on. Uh, all the accessories, like if you want sand spike holders, all that stuff, if you go ahead and order it like that, it's going to get welded on. It's not going to get bolted on. You can always come back and get bolts on later, but once it leaves the shop, unless you bring it back, we can't weld it. So well, you have another fabricator where you're from, but yeah, yeah. as far as that goes, so, you know, there but, is an advantage. But there's a big list of upgrades, uh, and you know... It doesn't matter what I put out there. I'm a, I'll always get the people that's like, well, yeah, that's nice, but can you do this? Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and uh, it does take a little bit longer for custom stuff, but, um, you know, we can do a custom order very easily. It takes, you know, if, if anybody wanted to go through those lists of additional upgrades and say, I want a cart with this, this, and this, uh, and I've got your email, um, to send it to and your shipping address, it'll literally take me maybe 15 minutes and I can email you an invoice and you can either accept it or don't accept it and done, you're, you're order placed. And see, that's what we're here for. That's, that's what this industry that we've noticed is missing is you can buy the one of carts, you know, with a guy that, you know, maybe builds a couple or you can buy, you know, the fishing mate or whoever, what brand, you know, I guess they have them in every almost tractor supply store now. Um, but at the end of the day, you're always wanting to replace the same things. You're always wanting to add the same things. You know, you typically go with, you know, the first thing that's out the door is the handle. You know, you want to come in and you want to put a good handle on your cart. You know, and, and that's the good thing about us. We're not only offering the carts, but we're offering all the accessories because if you have a cart already and you have tires already, but you want to make your cart look like these, you know, you can easily do that with a couple, yeah. you know, accessories added on. And that's or, you know, you could actually buy one of ours from start. And if you do that, you can actually save money versus buying, you know, one of the other brands and then coming to us and then adding all the accessories. You'll actually save money if you go through us first. And speaking of that, because i got to put you on pause for a second because now we're back on time. It is 50 minutes in. This is your second bait check. So this is a great noise sound effects that I'll try to put in later on. If you are listening to this still at the beach, it has been 50 minutes. Make sure you reel that line in, check your bait, get it refreshed, get it all set up, and get it right back out there. This bait check has been brought to you by Ninja Tackle, ninjatackleva.com. You can go on there. You can see they have a ton of rods, reels, and my favorite, the Ninja Dagger in all different sizes. So go take a look at Ninja Tackle, get yourself set up with gear, ready to rock and roll. So you have all these carts. Now I can see the starter cart. I can see the lift kit cart. I see the Cadillac, you beautiful monster back there. You, <laughs> you. And then on to the right, behind, next to the Cadillac, I don't recognize that one. That, that, that cart right there, that is a fish and make cart. With so our accessories. That has a lift kit. Um, built axles from here, a push handle. Um, so, show and tell. This is why I love live. 
Bring it up, baby. Yeah. Whatever you want. So everything, everything else here, these three parts were all 100% built here in the shop. The that is a fishing-made part right there. Okay. Now that one has gone on the extreme side. It's got a full powder coat job, flooring, uh, you know, the whole works. Um, but you know, that's what a fishing mate and a fishing mate can even go further than that. It really can, you know. Um, but uh, you know, on the carts that we put out here, you know, probably like Nick keyed in on, you know, the one thing that you're gonna do, you're gonna get rid of the fishing mate handle. Everybody wants a push handle or a storage yeah, can handle. You, can you push um, the other one back in again so we can see that handle that you had on there? Uh, yeah, because. That handle um, and then the one behind it, because I know with the bait locker and, and the storage compartment being such, dang, I didn't even see it before. I didn't even see the rod holder back there. How did I not see that? Perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, you have the storage handle, you got the hook up there for your sinkers. I remember you had that with the holes drilled. Great setup yeah. for the stand spike there. I mean, all, all of these pieces all put together are huge on the customization. Um, it, it's I, I got to pull these up real quick because you're getting some good comments. Um, one guy, <laughs> I don't know who it was. You're forcing split screen usage right now. Um, <laughs> you can't, I think he was saying you can't do this. I'm watching the podcast on my phone and I can't be out because I'll miss it. And he doesn't have a computer close to him, which is good. You need to stay here. Roberto. Yeah. I need to keep Definitely. you here. Um, but I've, I'm watching the numbers fluctuate. And I can tell people are like trying to do the, the moving over to screen and coming back and coming back because it just keeps changing. Yeah. Trust me, I've been on your podcast. It's uh, hard not to do that when somebody's like, hey, I got this. And you're like, oh, yeah. And Ooh, then I'm like, oh, but now he, he dropped me on the podcast. So I got to get back over there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Rob. I couldn't tell you. For some reason, my the system does not tell me who the users are tonight. I don't know what's going on, but you know, I'm, I'm trying to run with it best I can. One, okay. one of the other things on our carts uh, that I wanted to key in on, too, you know, uh, with with our carts, you know, everybody wants a floor, you know, fishing mate comes with no floor. You just have the bars in there. Mm -hmm. uh, our carts come standard with the floor in it. That's already priced out. You already get the diamond plate for top and bottom. So you get that on the lift kit and on the upper portion. Oh, so wow. um, that's already figured in there. Um, it's, it's, that's not an add on item when you get a cart from us, it comes with a floor. So, um, you know, we want everybody to know that for sure. So right out of the gate, you know, you're 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 getting a whole lot more. You know, yeah. well, with that one being said, um, and we've talked about this on the phone before. What is the big misconception about getting beach tires? You know, a lot of times people are like, "Well, beach tires." I mean, if you all, most of us on here, we all have beach tires. I know that for a fact. Um, but this is definitely for people that are looking at getting into the carts, into the world of this with that. Why are people, you know, wh why are the beach tires so important? I think the biggest reason why they're so important is because they are literally made for the beach. Uh, they are a low pressure tire. They hold, I think typically most of your low profile or your low beach tires, they hold three to five pounds, so very low air pressure. Um, but when you get the pier carts, you're, let's just jump over to those tires. You get the big rubber tires. They're heavy. They're, you know, it's like pushing a bulldozer through the sand versus literally just rolling something across the top of the sand. I mean, the, the beach wheels really make that much difference. And 
until you try them. You won't ever, you won't understand, but it makes a huge difference. And that's why you have so many diehard Willys fans out there, because with the ball bearings, it makes it even that much better. Um, but like I said, there's also a price category for everything. Um, and we wanted to be able to make sure that we try to cover everybody as much as possible. Because yeah, um, when we started, I didn't have wheelies. You know, I didn't run out and go buy wheelies. I started and, you know, I had my rubber tires and I had my first poly tires. And, you know, it, it took years to get there. So uh, we want to be able to offer that as well here. Makes sense. When uh, the other part, I guess I should have added with this one. So this is where it's really going to get down to the nitty gritty on numbers. Upgrading versus getting a brand new car. Let's talk about it. So we all, you know, a lot of us have, oh, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll get back to your question. I just saw that one come in. That's going to be a great question to add in. We'll back up to that one in a sec. Um, you know, a lot of people got the brand, you know, they got fishing mates and then, hey, yeah, we've seen these new ones coming out. You guys have these great carts that are ready. And the price tag, you know, people are like, whoa, 800 bucks. It's like, well, hold on. Before you start getting really, you know, or $600 or whatever the price point may be, before you start looking at the price tag, think about this. You buy a brand new fishing mate. Three, four hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, I think. Two tires. Yeah, I think they're a little more now with the with the two orange tires. I think they're four fifty. There you go. So four fifty right there. You're gonna get two more tires. That's another hundred and fifty, almost two hundred. Uh, uh, depending on the tires, it's either two hundred uh, up, depending on the brand of tires that you get. Right. So I mean, so you're looking at. So you're already in the four to five hundred range. Yeah, minimum for a beach tire, you're typically at a hundred dollars a tire for a twelve inch, yep. uh, and it goes up from there. Yep. Now, add in the other things we're gonna have. What does everybody love? New handle. You said it because everyone knows that handle. Mm -mm, Got to go. That's it's usually easy. the first thing to replace because yeah. your tire is hitting your heels. Yep. So you get that one right there. That's another one fifty, two hundred ish. Yep. Around there. So now you're up to almost seven. Yep. And now we have a floor in there, yep. floor. Yep, and now you don't have a floor. So now throw in another floor. You can get one at Lowe's. We'll, we'll go cheap. 30 bucks. Yep. Corrugated metal. 30 bucks. All right, throw that in. There and now go. the other thing, the kicker is, is when you're looking at the quality of the workmanship, as far as the tubing goes, you're, you have two welds on just a bit frame. Mm -hmm. Where when we have our custom, you can look and see there's no bent corners. There's no dead space, as we like to call it. You can use everything, everything square that you buy or rectangle, and it goes fits right into the corner typically. Um, so, it, you know, like I said, it just it, it makes a, a better use of your space. But it, like I said, it's also a heavier duty aluminum, and he can talk to the to the facts on the aluminum. Plain but as far as the heavy dutiness, I mean, there's it's the huge difference. Oh yeah, it's a big difference. And then the other kicker too is, uh, you know, you you add your floor with the fishing mate, and you you know you do your handle and all that. Then you throw a lift kit on it. You know, I I mean I've done that for a lot of people, and uh, you know it's all about where you're at um, with your fishing or your cart. Um, you know, I'm not. I don't want to sell anybody this part right here. If they're already in a position where they're going to be better off to say, hey, I've already gone a little too far with my fishing mate, a little too invested, and I don't really want to back out of that. I don't want to sell it and give it away. Well, okay, 
make it nicer then. Add another you tire. Know? Add another um, axle. So it's all about where you're at with your cart and where you want to go with it, you know? Um, so, you know, but, you know, a cart like that fishing mate back there, I mean, you could be into that cart for, you know, anywhere from twelve to fifteen hundred dollars by the time you really make it a Mac Daddy fishing mate, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, but you can also start right here and come in cheaper than that. Yep. And that's kind of the biggest thing that I've noticed when I really started doing the math between the two, between where I'm at with my fishing mate versus, all right, what do I do? You know, I know I could turn and sell my fishing mate, offset the cost and, you know, get it done. I guess my bigger point I was going down with this, and I know you guys are going to do it too, say this point is, you know, there's so many things you can add to these carts and there's so many things you don't need to add that are just there. But when you get your cart set up to your comfortable, your specs, your pieces, and you have somebody build it for you, it makes such a huge difference in simplicity. It makes that day so much easier. Not only that, but it's all from one person. You know, it's all from one builder and they're putting it all together and it was a plan versus, you know, hey, what can I do to change this? Because we've all been in that situation where you're looking on the internet, where can I get this? Where can I get that? I started 10 years ago. Me and my brother had uh, fishing cart wars, and I'm not kidding. He had a fishing cart, I had a fishing cart, and every season we would one-up each other. And while we were there, we're doing secret little plans over here, like what can I add to my cart that way next year? And then it was, you know, add the chair rail, add the handle, add the floor, powder coat and stuff to put some color on it, you know, and all those things that just started adding up over the years. And, you know, here it is. Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> Smitty Smitty jumped on with a good comment that he's too invested in his fish and make card. I don't know if you guys, you remember his? He had the big old. We actually were talking with Smitty and uh, we're, He's look, he's interested in a new handle. So, but yeah, he's got a really nice card. I don't know about those tires. They look awful heavy, uh, but he's got a really cool cart, and uh, that cart always stands out because of the black oh, tires. Absolutely. I, think, I think it's pretty sweet. Um, it's, I love his cart. You know, it, it, it was fun the whole bit, watching him build it, put the motor in it, you know, now with the winch and the truck to get it up and down. I, I, his cart's the best. I love his cart. It's got an unlimited capacity for weight now. I think it's just a beast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, then you can bring it home. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> So let's get back into your, let's talk about the Cadillac. Now, I saw it in person and I remember going, what the hell is this monster? It's like, it's like a Lowe's cart meets fishing meets. I need, the, it was, it's got so many good things in it that I never even thought would even be a part of it. So it's got an upper rack. I see that. Um, that and, is from the years of fishing build-offs. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Okay. Um, I can I can actually show you a little better, but what hey, we have man. back here is we have a rack for rod holders. If you can see that, that's what that's what goes underneath the top rack here. Anything on the top, we have radio, uh, toolboxes, uh, tackle boxes, that kind of stuff, drinks. Uh, yeah, lights. We got our uh, big storage handle box over here. We've got our chair holder, it's covered up over here by the flags, and that's our chair holder, which that's a new product we're getting ready to put out as well. Uh, it comes with the extra storage down here. And uh, I tell you what, that was, uh, if, if you want to get technical, that's this cart right here. 
with the rack. Okay. Uh, and that's where we modeled these carts off of these carts right here. Uh, Brian also has another cart like my blue one. And uh, that's where we modeled his. He made his off of, he made his first. So he would know about ours and that kind of stuff. And then he built mine and then we yeah. modeled these two after all, that. All three of these, they were built here, are the exact same part. So, you know. If you want mine, buy this, take it to the powder coater and add a rack. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So you were also, with, with the gear two, um, we're going to talk a little bit more into the other things that you're making. You've got the sand spikes. I see the two, but I believe you're making, is it three different styles of sand spikes? We do have this one right here. We, ha one? we have actually uh, a total of five different styles of sand spikes available. So this is the tubular sand spike. And honestly, this is what me and Nick use the most up here in North Carolina. Um, I like this for a lot of different reasons. For one, it goes in the sand very easily with very minimal effort at all. Um, and <clears throat> it sticks in the sand. I, I very, very rarely will you ever have a rod fall over um, at all. Um, now, you know, the open face, I know y'all are very keen on this down in Florida, you know? Um, so, I like this too. I, I mean, I, I don't like it. I love it. I really do because, I mean, the versatility of both of these, but the open face being able to get that rod out and get that hook set, I mean, when you're on, it's just a matter of lifting it and you're done. You do have to lift a little bit more with the tubular style. Um, but the other thing that I will say about the difference between these two is if you put these side by side, and that I need to do a video on that, I really do. So if you put these side by side, you're out there fishing, go ahead and put the same rod in each one. So, you know, throw you some 12 footers up there with some, you know, four or five ounce weights. I could show you a video of the open face versus the tubular and watching the rod tip. That's what I'm looking at. The tubular sand spike is the most stable spike as far as in high wind situations so yeah. when that wind's whipping you know it's playing a factor on this spike or you got waves coming up and getting it depending on how far out you put your spikes mm -hmm. but the tubular spike uh will send less signals up your rod i guess you'd say and uh it, it's uh, you know in a light bite situation um you're going to be able to see it a lot better. So there's a lot of different uh, advantages to either style. I love both. I'm not knocking one or the other, um, but I do think the tubular, in my opinion, for uh, the fishing that we do kind of stands out a little bit more. And I will tell you the biggest difference uh, that I see is this is going to be a little easier to get in the ground. This is going to be a little harder to get out of the ground. This is going to be a little longer to get your pole out of the rod. This is going to be a little quicker. So it's basically almost opposite of each other with this one's weaknesses, this one's strengths, this one's strength weaknesses, this one's strengths. So, I mean, um, you want to talk about that? 
So that's, that's a new. These are the I love that you're going to talk about that. That new that new ad is a smart ad. Yes. So these go on top of the tubular spike. They also go on another spike that we call uh, an open tube spike. Um, and uh, but this is a great product here. It, this is a UV uh, resistant plastic, and it's it's probably hard to see, but I mean I can bend this thing. And you know, it is it's very durable. Um, the versatility of it while you're fishing though, you know, you put your reel down in there, it's not gonna hurt your reels, it's not gonna scratch your reels, it's not gonna do anything to it. Your reel will sit right here. <clears throat> you wanna go ahead and rebate your rod or retie a rig or something because you broke off. Or get some grass off of it. You know, rod. you can take your <laughs> rod and you can check out my TikTok videos. I got some videos of that and some pictures on my Facebook page. But, you know, as that spike sit there, you can sit your rod at that 45 degree angle. Go ahead and retie your baits, knock grass off of it, uh, rebate, whatever you whatever you need to do. So it, it's a good, versatile setup for a lot of different applications. And it's a good it's a good quality product as far as it's not too hard. Like you said, you bend it but it's not too soft. And it's just like, even when you're out there in a hundred degree heat, that thing still holds up solid. Yeah, the, the tubular one, um, I mean, I've had the fish and mate ones for years. They're, yeah, that's just what I brought and it's worked. But uh, I had the worst time in the beginning getting my rod out of it. And then Tom Cabrera came by one day and he, he was like, why don't you put a bolt in there? What do you mean put a bolt in there? And he showed me, he's like, put a bolt halfway through, and now your rod's not sticking all the way at the bottom, dummy. And I'm like, yep. damn yeah. it. You know, <laughs> I threw a bolt in. And, and they do that a lot with the PVC ones. Yeah, they do. It makes so much sense. And I was like, I it, seeing the differences of all the new sand spikes and the thought process that goes with all that, like the open face, you know, you got a little bit of height, you can pull the tube. You got a little bit of height, you can pull. It makes such a difference. And it's just, but in the end, it does come down to preference. I will, I, I fully agree with you, like you said there. It, it just comes down to which one you like. Yeah, it does. Uh, Everybody grows up on something different, and that's what they mm -hmm. typically use for the rest of their life. They're like they swear by it, you know. Yeah. So you got those two, and then you said you had five. I see a different style back there on the cart behind you, Nick. I, I see like a cup holder one. Oh, you see, this is our special. Uh, El special. This is our special Florida design. Ooh, look at that pompano. Yeah, buddy. So Brian came up with that one right after we got back from the trip uh, last time. I haven't listed that one on the website yet, but I will be adding that. So you can get the pompano. We've already got a shark. You can get your custom initials on there. You can get it with a blank plate. So there's a lot of different options with that. Um, this is the other style, probably what you're used to. This is yeah. a open tube. It comes with that rubber cap, so your reel can go all the way down the bottom. But it sounds like you're going to put a bolt in it if you get it. So <laughs> I might, I might. But you um, know, we we, we put wanted, one in for you. We know a guy. We wanted to make rod holders <laughs> for every style. You know, yeah. um, everybody has their preferences, and we wanted to key in on all of those preferences. So. Um, so, I mean, there's like just the foot peg, uh, you know, we got different yeah. sizes, different, we, you know, different accessories that you can even add on to the rod hole. You want a foot peg, you can add it. If you don't, then you can leave it off. You know, it's, if you want a four footer or a five footer, if so you, you want something different, then just call us. All right. Or so a question just came up by uh, Rogue Reels, Rob Foster. 
uh, will the tubular work uh, spike drive in hard sand in the low country of South Carolina? So will the oh, tubular? Yeah. Yes. Well, we, you know, we're from North Carolina, so uh, yes, we're just right up the road. And I swear, just take that thing that we do a super sharp point and you just stick that rod and you can either push it down or literally just a little rocking motion. And that thing will be down 12, 16 inches before you know it. Your hands are not sore at the end of the day. Um, now, I will tell him that if you can get it with a little bit of moisture in the sand, don't try to stick it in you know dry hard sand because you know everybody knows that's just harder but if you if you just come down a little bit to where there's some moisture in the sand that thing will sink right in and, well, I uh, course, like i told you before we're playing tides here on the east coast so yeah. you are moving all the time so that may be why he's asking the question but for the ones that are doing in the hard sand that's why we have the open face because you can smack that thing with a with the mallet and get that thing you know what six inches 12 inches oh, yeah. 25 yeah. inches if you want and you might not even be able to get it back out by the time you're this point so i gotta back up i said i danced this and i almost forgot about it but i want to back up just real quick um to tires are beach tires okay for the pier as well yeah they they watch out for nails and watch out for hooks i mean that's yeah. typical but yeah you can run over gravel it's just like the wheelies you can run over anything but there are pros and cons to everything. Like I said, there could be a, you know, a big splinter out there or, you know, I personally wouldn't take it on the docks or the pier, but you can for sure. Yeah. I, it, it, you know, in my opinion, uh, I think you could run the beach wheel on a pier. I think you could definitely run the wheelies on the pier. Um, they're the more durable. Now I know there's a lot of guys with the orange poly tires, They'll run those um, on the pier. You know, I've seen people put them on the pier. Uh, I wouldn't want to. Was that a hand raise? Really was that a hand raise? I get scared every time, man. Every time. Oh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another comment. Watch out for sand spurs. That's what yeah. blew my orange tire. Freaking well, sand, sand spurs, and that's where you get your. Uh, that's where you start learning how to fix tires. Uh huh. Well, yeah. yeah. I learned real quick. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I don't forget. I'm gonna do this just two minutes early. Bait check number three. We're in an hour and 13 minutes. It's two minutes early, but it's still a good time for you to bring that line in. Check it. Make sure your bait's good. Throw it back out there. And if you haven't caught yet, please move. Change what you're doing. Change your bait. Do something like that. I want you to catch fish. I don't want you to stay there. Definitely good. This bait check has been brought to you by True Braid. True Braid, I've talked about it before. He's been on the show. or We're going to have an episode, but he's talked on here a couple times. Go over to TrueBraid.com, pick up a great different color, set up in line, different strength. He's got a lot of good stuff going on there. So take a look at TrueBraid.com and pick up your order today. So the sand spikes with those three pieces, so we've seen those. The customization of the Pompano and Shark. I can already think of three people that are already chomping at the bit to order one. And I'm sure that you will get a message very soon about that. <laughs> um, Blaine brought it up earlier, and I didn't get a chance to bring it up there. Uh Justin Reed, my, my my fishing partner, going on three years with orange tires and not a single hole. Yeah. Jerk. You're a good friend. Yeah. Though. Hey, my brother's the same way. He's got four, and he ran them for like four years until he gave them to his son this year because I gave him that cart right there. There you go. Uh, so the, the last one, uh, Blaine brought up your flagpole. You guys are running a 12-foot uh, tubular that runs into the sand spike is that correct or not of the sand spike i take it back into the into the cart that's actually yes. what's holding our flags up right now we only have the upper half into the um 
mount. We do have another half that extends it up another six foot in the air. And uh, Brian geniusly thought of this. And you put a little, you know, point on your uh, flagpole and run it right into your ground because anybody that has four beach wheels knows that your cart will not stay there if the wind starts blowing. Um, so it is an anchor. And we, it works yeah. absolutely wonderful. I love it. I love to take it out and I love to fly our American flag and our uh, Deerfield flag. Yeah, we use great. it as a parking brake. And most of the time I, I hate to see it, but when you, you got these big beautiful flags and you got these big beautiful carts and everybody's got these flagpoles and the wind blowing down there in Florida and their flagpoles are like this. Our flagpoles are That's always me. like this. <laughs> yep. All right, mine's got a little bend to it. Yeah, they, you know, what is yeah. that for yeah. flagpole disease? Yeah, well, mine's a windsock. Um, oh, okay. Of all things, I got mine. Uh, so I had a customer uh, that was get, they sold their RV and they were getting rid of all the stuff. And they're like, hey, do you want this? And I was like, I have no idea what I'll do with a windsock. And then Mike and I were flying. Mike was flying more flags on his cart. I was like, huh, maybe I could fly a flag on mine. And then I did. Oh. And I was like, well, this works out really well. Because now, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, it's bendy. And I'm like, yeah, it'll hold. And then one day my cart flipped. I'm like, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 it yeah. can happen for sure. So, yeah, <laughs> Especially when it's sitting in a rod holder. This goes straight through that and it goes straight into the sand and, you know, sinks yeah. in. That was a little sad. So we've got carts, wheels, handles. We didn't talk a lot about handles. So I see we've got the two different types right back there. Is there a third type of handle or is that the primary two? Not right. as of yet. We are in production um, because... Uh, we are coming out with a third cart, and we are making a third handle to go with that cart specifically. Is that the cart we were talking about pre-show? Um, no. Okay. No, that's actually the fourth cart that we'll be doing. <laughs> but we've already started on both of them, so. I don't know if you want to talk about that, the one we were talking about pre-show. I was like, you're not. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah, that's, uh, that one's going to be sick. And, uh, we, yeah, the two that we were talking about pre-show, we were super excited about those, and we been working on those as well everybody better pay attention to deerfield and surf it if you guys aren't subscribed to them make sure you're following their stuff on all social media because those two are going to be really cool like really cool I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see when you guys come out with them okay um axles uh this is something that i know is not <laughs> not talked about a lot but it's a big deal because if you're starting to change up on stuff um, between carts, axles are key because that is where all the weight bearing is going to be. What do we talk about with axles for you guys? What do you look at doing? So right now, axle, obviously you got to go off of what tire you're running. So the beach wheel carts, they run a three-quarter inch axle. Um, the only ones that I do, they are solid axles. They are not hollow. So that is the strongest three-quarter axle that you can get. Uh, for example, fishing bait standard axles are five-eighths. Um, we have seen where those can bend, depending on how much weight you put on. Uh, <clears throat> the wheelies tires that we have, they call, you know, they run a one-inch axle. <clears throat> I don't run, I will get it if somebody really wanted it. It's not necessary, but we run one-inch quarter wall tubing on that so it is a very heavy <clears throat> wall tubing in one inch um 
You can get a solid if you want it. If you want to carry all that yeah, extra weight. I mean, it, it's it's really that's even way overkill. I, oh, I yeah. can't imagine anybody ever bending a quarter wall um, one inch tubing. But so you know, it all depends on the tire that you're running. Uh, I try to whatever I'm going to stock here in the shop. <clears throat> I try to keep it common. I don't want to have all different sizes. You know, I'd rather have the beefiest size axle. Because I don't want people bending them. I don't want people coming back and saying, man, my axle bent. Well, you know, what What did you do? Yeah. Like, what did you put on it? Like, I'm going to be impressed if somebody does that, you know? Robert. Um, not like that, but we do have every wheel type um, that I think is available out there. So if somebody is comes up and, and we need to customize something for them, it's not a problem. Okay. Yeah, we we keep other brands in stock that we don't sell because we do we we do a lot of custom work for people. And hey, can you make this? And this is the tire that I'm running. I have mock-up tires here. You know, I have all different brands, uh, and I use them week in and week out. You know, uh, making stuff for people and making stuff work for people. Nice. All right. So you've got basically we covered pretty much everything. One thing. Uh, that we didn't talk about and we talked about it on the phone and I know it's on the website. The cost of shipping the cart is included in the price. No. Oh, so okay. There is, there is shipping cost on top of the cart price. Oh, maybe I was thinking the floor. Maybe, I think that's what I was thinking was the floor. Well, was see, included. originally where we had it down is we had it to where we included our shipping price for all of our products. Okay, uh, but recently uh, we have uh, switched to manufacturers. We have gotten we're obviously going through a ton more material. Yeah, we were able to get our costs down quite a bit, and we wanted to reflect that in the price. Um, so you're still you're still paying the same shipping costs as you know what you were before. It's just your actual total cost is lower now because of all the work that Brian has been doing with these manufacturers. And the phone calls that we've been putting in and the hard work, I mean, we really have been working hard to get these prices lower so we can, you know, transfer that uh, over to you guys because we want our stuff out there. You yeah. know, we don't want to be in that tier that only, you know, 1% can afford. We want to be in that tier that 80% can afford, you know, and, and that's where we want to be with our products. So. Yeah, we just went through the website, I think it was uh, maybe two to four weeks ago. And we actually did a price reduction on everything on the website. Yeah. Um, so you do pay your shipping, but uh, but the cost of all of the actual product was reduced on there. And when we were buying one and two sticks of aluminum at a time when we started, you know, obviously we were paying full retail, full blown retail price. But as you know, time goes on, we have gotten better. But not maybe not better vendors, but some of them are still the same vendors, but better pricing because of the amount of product that we're going through. Yeah, we get truckloads now. Yeah, <laughs> we got so, truckloads coming in and truckloads going out, which has man, been a blessing. That, that's good stuff right there. All right, so I know you're both probably gonna have a different answer, so I gotta ask this one: What is your favorite part of the cart? Storage handle. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you got to think about it. Storage handles. It's, it's by far the best. Of, yeah. I have walked into the ocean with phones, wallets, keys, money, cigarette lighters, you name it. I've done it. I've ruined it. I've come back 
set it on my stuff or taken it in the beach house and emptied out everything on my wallet. Never again. I walk before I even walk away from my truck. I reach in my pocket, pull everything out. I got all my fish bites. I got my sinker guy stuff up there. I mean, it literally is yeah. a godsend. It is awesome. Yeah, honestly, I have the exact same answer for Whoa! You. The storage handle is absolutely my favorite. I'm exactly like him. Uh, as soon as, before I even push my cart out on the beach, I'm emptying my pockets. I, mean, I don't it, like anything in my pockets when I'm on the beach. I throw my wallet, keys, cell phone, all that stuff. It's in there, and I'm ready to go fishing, you know? And I use it as a day box. Oh, you know? I mean, you can literally so, you you know, put... I throw uh, fish bites in there. I might have, like, you know, you could throw some extra weights up there. You can throw a sandwich in there, some chips. Your you GoPro <laughs> box. I mean, yeah. everything. I mean, it's got a lid on it. It keeps it dry. I mean, it, it really yeah. is. It's one of my favorite upgrades. Um, but then my second favorite upgrade is definitely my rack because that just—I'm a rack man. I like a good rack. You like a good rack? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> right. Um, if anybody has any more questions, by all means, throw some, uh, throw them in here. We got a few minutes here we can spare. Uh, Tom Cabrera just commented. Smitty and I are looking for the same storage handle. They talked about it at the showdown with you guys. Mm -hmm. so, yes. Um, and we can accommodate what they need. I know what they need. Yeah, so. we, we, we got the sizing and we yeah. sourced that out. Uh, we talked to, to Smitty over the weekend, I believe, or Monday, but we actually sourced out the material so we can get it. Um, so we got that figured yeah. out yesterday. I think we answered this one earlier. What do they recommend for lube between the hub and axle? And I believe you said a dry silicone. A dry graphite. Don't graphite. put silicone. If yeah, you put no. silicone, your tires will be frozen yeah. in 24 hours. Yeah, you don't want any silicone. You don't want anything but that yeah. has any kind of grease. Sam's just going to stick to it. And you the can dry get a dry graphite, graphite and you can get it in a spray can and it just goes on so easily. Now for the wheelies, you don't need any of that. You can just, you know, like I said, if you want to upgrade to the wheelies, you don't need a can of drag graphite. But if you do have the beach wheels, then just keep a can and then put it out like, you know, put them on there once every three or four uses. You know, it's easy. Pop the wheels off, spray it on there, and off you go. Speaking of Smitty, is the battery box is the battery box is the storage box deep enough to hold 12 volt batteries, the kind you put in a game cam? What is the uh, depth on that? <laughs> I think you're talking. I think he's talking about uh, probably what is that? Four by six by four, maybe. I think they are. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we could definitely do that. I mean, honestly, uh, what's that? An eight by twelve? That's. It's 11 inches wide, 12 inches uh, at the top, um, front to back, and if I remember correctly, it's Smitty four just inches commented. deep. Yeah, four or five, it looks like. Yep, just commented, four to five inches. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, think, I think you would be covered, um, and honestly, you know, we are a custom shop, so if they need anything crazy, you know, we do know some people. You know a guy. I know a guy. Um, but yeah, we could we could change some of the dimensions here or there, you know, as, as long as uh, as long as they're good. Alex, yeah. Alex from True Braid, basically, can you put a motor on it? You could, right? Oh yeah, Actually, and that's and uh, I know that was you know one of the things we were going to talk about, but that is one of the things that we are looking into in the future. Very nice. 
the motorized setup. Uh, right. With Brian's uh, expertise in that background with all the components, um, we're actually trying to, we're trying to outsource that hopefully by the beginning of next summer. New sprocket right on the shaft, welded in nicely. Mm, I like where your head's oh, yeah. at. Lots of things. <laughs> yep. Good stuff right there. All right, so we will get you out of here. Got only a couple more questions for you, and we'll let you go because I know it is coming up on late time there. And I apologize, and I thank you guys so much for every minute and every last piece of information you shared. We've and enjoyed it, and we've looked forward to it too as well. So we appreciate you having us on. Absolutely, and I hope I'm sure we'll catch on. In the, ooh, ooh, True Braid Deerfield Derby Edition. Hmm. Danger. I like it. <laughs> hey, but we're open for a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last sets of questions here. What do you recommend someone coming to North Carolina to fish does before they even put a line in the water? I would say talk to a local. <laughs> Especially yeah, if, you, if you're not from here, talk to a local because honestly, uh, they will give you good advice. Sir. Most of the old timers that I've talked to around here, they will tell you where to go. They'll yeah. be like, go to, you know, 17th Street on the back canal over there, blah, 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 blah. And you, you know, and you go over there and you'll slay them. Uh, we both have been given secret spots where we fish by the locals that are there. They, they will tell you not to tell anybody else. But, you know, yeah, they don't have a problem telling you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those guys are pretty open and uh, very courteous and, and whatnot. I mean... You always run across that one guy that's like, get out of here. Yeah. But, you know, most guys are pretty courteous. They're going to give you some good info and steer you in the right direction. All right. Perfect. How do people reach you to order a cart, handle all of your equipment? How do they reach you? So most people obviously go to our website um, and start there. Um, they can message us through the website. Uh, via chat, or they can send us an email directly. So I get messages all day long, you know. Um, so I try to respond to everybody. On busy days, it's hard to, I, but I, I try my best. I try to, you know, go back at night and be like, who'd I miss today? I'm going to yeah. get back to them, you know. So, um, but, you know, email, chat. Uh, I have people that reach out to us on our Facebook page, um, and they just send us a message through fa Messenger uh, through our Facebook page. So all of those are great channels to reach us. Um, and, uh, you know, feel free, anybody that's got any questions, we're always glad to answer. You can also contact Sir Pippi. Uh, he answers a lot of questions um, as well. And uh, so, you know, Either one of us are great avenues to get your answers question, you, you know, answers to your questions. Perfect. All right. The last and not the last but not least most important question. What's next for you? Oh, we got a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, you know, it's actually exciting. Yes. yes. Yeah, that is the that is the <laughs> right there. Oh. So we got a lot of things in the works. Deerfield's going to be around for a long time. Uh, we don't, we're, we're not here to be, you know, uh, hey, we're here one day and gone the next. Uh, this is a full-time business that supports my whole family. And, um, you know, we have a lot of things coming up. 
Uh, we want to work with tackle stores. We want to wholesale on tackle stores. We want to do motorized carts, um, steering for carts. Uh, we have a lot of things on our plate right now, and we're trying to implement all of it. But uh, we want to continue all of this to the fullest extent and take everything a step further, you know. Um, I don't think we're ever going to quit. I mean, no. seriously, between Brian and myself, we talk 30-plus hours a week. And we write everything down, and we revisit everything, and we go back, and we make sure that when we got it, it's done and it's done right. But we've got a lot of amazing ideas that we haven't even scratched yet. And um, I think in, in 10 years, we're all going to be able to look back and be like, wow. Yeah. And, and that's not a joke. I, and I feel it all the way to the core. And when we're done, or not done, but, you know, when we get the website 100% where we kind of want it, we want the website to be a one-stop shop. We don't want people to be like, you know, well, hey, I can buy a cart here, but I need this hardware for that and, you know, yada, yada. So we want people to be able to go to the website and you can find everything you need. And if you can't find it on there, send us a message because we know what you, we can find it. You yeah. know, we can get it, you know. So um, we've got a lot of vendors, a lot of places that we get parts and pieces from. Um, so we'll, we'll search it out for you and figure out what it is that you need. And if you need something and we don't have it, like he said, call us because we'll be glad to either figure it out and build it for you or help you source out what you need to do because yeah. that's what it is. We're all a great community here and we all want to be a part of this together with every single one of you. And to any of our customers that have bought out there that are watching right now, we appreciate you guys so much. And uh, we wouldn't be here without you guys. So thank Absolutely. you all so much. Absolutely. I think we lost a uh, connection. Did we lose a mic? Yeah, maybe we can refresh. Uh, see if that comes back up. They're gone. It's sad. All right, fine. It's their way of telling me that I need to end the show. Hey, hey, we're hey. back. Sorry about that. We're back. <laughs> you got me. You got me good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll talk to you about this one after. We'll, we'll, I'll put after the green room. We'll discuss this one. Uh, I think the answer is going to be a good one. All right. So anyway, we'll get you out of here. We'll talk after, guys. Seriously, so much. Thank you so very much for everything. I've, I've learned a lot. Um, especially about North Carolina fishing, which is always the most important part with the podcast. I always want people to be able to know, you know, they can go somewhere and have some sort of idea of how to fish or where to go or to have a conversation. I, I want people armed to be able to walk into a place and go out there and get after it. Um, so thank you for that. And then, of course, making these amazing products as well as you are and really trying to do the best you can with everything you got. You're doing great. Thank you so much. And that American flag is up there for a reason. Everything we have in our store is made in the USA, with the exception of the wheels. Um, and if anybody knows anything about wheels, that's just impossible right now. So, but everything yeah. else is made in this shop by us with our with his two hands. I just do the cutting and some prepping. But yeah, he's he's the man. So, yeah. if you want some good quality products, give us a call. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to put you back in the green room. Then we'll talk after show here. 
But thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks, man. Peace. See you guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So I hope this episode was helpful for you in some way. I hope you picked up some good knowledge and information on fishing in North Carolina. Also about how Deerfield is making their stuff and give you some ideas for possible card upgrades or to ask them questions about things you would like to do. As always, I hope this show helped you. If it did, please like it out, share it, subscribe it. It's always a good stuff. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, by all means, reach out to me. Be happy to get you on for sponsorships for bait checks or whole show. This show is brought to you today by Sword Fishing Products. If you are looking for any kind of gear when it comes to the blades, uh, they have great knives. I am a huge fan. They also have pliers. They also will have some other things coming out that was discussed in an earlier podcast episode. So you can go back and take a listen to that. Until next week, this episode will re-air Friday. You'll hear it. You'll be able to download it, stream it. If you missed it live, you'll be able to listen to it in your ears and catch back up. Or you'll be able to find it on YouTube on the channel there. As always, great seeing you guys. I'm out. You've been listening to Finding Demo Surf Fishing. We'll see you.